What it do, baby? Skywalker <laughs> 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 Mikey. Um, Kawhi Leonard. I think I did that intro before. Kawhi Leonard in the studio tonight. So it's, it's just the it. mobile babies, bro. The mobile babies just be out <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. That's how they come out the womb, bro. Did you come out just we like just say, how to do, baby? What yeah. to do, baby? What's Crazy. up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Sound Flick Podcast. Bear, this bear, is episode forty-one. Yes, the, the episode after episode forty, if yes, you can count. But today <laughs> we are back with more shenanigans. Uh, before we get started, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search Soundflick Pod, and you'll see it. It's either Keanu Reeves, it's either a Keanu Reeves picture or orange picture. So, yeah. One, either, one of the way, either way, it brings a smile to your face. Yeah, yes. either way, you're happy about it. That's all that matters. Exactly. But uh, without further ado, uh, let me introduce my my co-hosts, my co-stars. Hey. Uh, go ahead, guys. Hey, go what's ahead. up, guys? It's your boy, Ace and here, <laughs> Young Flacco, out here, killing, chilling. Um, your boys had two days off from work, and I'm, like, mentally happy. So, hey. And off. two, it's, so it's to my, no, it's to the right. This way, that there way. You know. You're you're yeah. pointing correctly. Right, it's cool. your boy Stage Enrique. Left. That's cool. That's right. That's cool. And what I a- am here, uh, ready to pod. Ready to p o d. I'm glad I could spell that because I was gonna go left if I if I mess that up. But <laughs> your stage left. Um, stage yeah. left. You know. Enrique hair's already growing right. in. I like it. See, it's already. I know. I need to get it. I need to get it uh, lined up and everything. Gonna, get my go, waves You're going to go back to needing that that fresh taper every, every week, every maybe, two weeks, two bro. Weeks. Yeah, I, I do. So I do every good. like ten days, honestly. Like, if I wanted to keep super fresh and we weren't quarantined, it would be like every ten days. Right. Damn, that's that sounds really expensive. I mean, I know my barber. I mean, shout out to him. He does a good job. I just don't go that often because it's gonna hurt my pockets so i feel gonna, it i feel it i'm gonna and run now, out of my hair how long how long have you had your barber for uh, i think it's going on 12 years okay that's I, solid i've gone to my boy Eric about almost five years our anniversary is in the summer yeah oh, you really cool dude, though. anniversary Anniversary of the summer. I remember. That's cute. It's like, yeah, man. You know, you already know. You just text them, send them he the heart emojis. Like, oh, bro, I just, get, I, just, I just get him some razors for our he anniversary gifts every year. Free haircut a year. On the <laughs> he gives me hair. He gives, he gives me free haircuts on my birthday. Yeah, hey, I was gonna just say that the, the free birthday haircut is fantastic. That's like that's one of the best things. That ever. or if he knows, like, because I usually pull up early to the shop. He'd be like, hey, bro, like, I haven't got lunch yet. Like, can you stop at Cane's and I'll buy you something? I'm like, hell yeah. This is usually, yeah. That or I guess another privilege would be whenever he's not at the shop, people like, oh, bro, just pull up to my house. Mm -hmm. Best best thing. I mean, it's really just an underrated relationship. Like, the relationship that men have with their barbers, um, it's right up there with, like, your mom. (laughs) I mean, you've seen it in Seoul. It's just like that. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants no, to go well, to the guy. Nobody want. Nobody knows about. Yeah, that, that's why you, that scene was so special. Are you guys yeah. friends with like your barbers, like like his significant other, or like at least know his kids at all? No, no, I know no. my barber's kids. It's cool. Cash. My, my, my barber music. doesn't have kids. 
Oh, you're lucky. So, no, I was kidding. Yeah. No, yeah, my barber's son Cash. He listens <laughs> to my music. Oh, it's pretty dope. <laughs> oh, damn. Lucky him. He doesn't have kids. Oh, <laughs> <Poor> kids. <laughs> yeah. My barber OG. Uh, but anyways uh let's let's dive in we're gonna be diving straight into some movies we got three movies on deck that we've seen one from hbo max and two from netflix netflix like we mentioned in the last episode they're more about quantity quality still there but it's not on the level that hbo max is putting out but they could be starting off strong it's still the beginning of the year yeah no yeah, we'll we'll see right now. Well, they already guaranteed a consistency. They said every week of this year, mm-hmm. there's going to be right. new films that are coming out. So they have good films, already, but it's a yeah, film. it's yeah, going to be a Netflix produced film. I think it's they're dropping more than one film. Like yes. there's one that they're highlighting, but then there's like three other films behind it that are like either mm-hmm. indie films or. I don't I, I don't even know what they are. Like I, I saw just, two just different genres. Right. Yeah, just different genres, but they highlight at least like one big one, I guess. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm enjoying watching more movies this year Me too. so far. Me too. Yeah, it's it's, it's been it's been great that we've been able to enjoy more movies. I'm so glad that studios have just realized that we're not going back to AMC anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, so just give it to us digitally and I, we'll be good to go. I think it just feels good to be immersed again. Like um, there's, there's a certain type of conversation you have with people when it comes to like WandaVision, for example, like this is dropping every Friday or single Mandalorian and you're able to kind of just talk about like what's next. Like I, I remember doing that with heroes. Mm-hmm. You no, know I mean where like, and it kind of faded away once you're just like, Hey bro, have you seen this show? And you're like, Oh yeah, I binged it in one day and it's kind of just it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like we don't know what's next because we already watched it all. So yeah, I think I think having that TV experience is good again. And then I mean, yes, movies, but I'm I I think I'm just more excited about the shows. Yeah, I'm excited about everything right now. Yeah, so. all the quality is up, and I'm proud of everybody who's putting who's putting in the work. You know, because it's it's difficult to do in the times that we're in, and um. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just I'm super excited, super excited for the movies to come. Uh, like Skywalker was saying, we we watched three um, since the last time we spoke with you guys. Um, so we're gonna dive straight into those three. Um, yeah. Which one, which one are we gonna start off first? Uh, well, let's... I would say the first one that's on the list. Yeah, yeah, first on the, the list. Wire. Outside the wire. This is with a Netflix boy. film. So to, to keep it a book, I haven't watched it yet. This is the one. That's why I said let's go first because I haven't watched it yet. It's been a busy gotcha. week, guys. It's been a busy week. We won't, we won't spoil too much, you know, also for mm-hmm. people that haven't seen it either and want to see it. But this movie is, I feel like Netflix has like this niche of doing like mercenary movies. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like their go-to. They're like, they have like a dartboard and it's like, it's all mercenary films, but it's like, what part of the world are we going to do this? Work? Yeah. My assumption yep. is they just have that team that's ready to go for these fight scenes and sequences. Which is I'm dope. Assuming, yeah, I'm assuming that that's just their bread and butter. And they're just like, all right, we know we got this. So let's let's run with it. And like, at least the stories are semi-different. You know what I mean? It's not like we're getting spoon-fed the same thing over and over. I also yeah. feel like that it, that it's a relatively, and this is with respect to everyone involved, I think it's a relatively easy type of movie to do. 
mm-hmm. you know, like because a lot of the um, special effects are explosions and guns, which are things that you kind of learn the first time you do special effects, you know, and then the military aspect, it's very easy to get to get uh, clothing for a military or to get wardrobe right. for that to like create a military story that pulls up the heartstrings or a mercenary story, anything like that. So it's just like, if we want to look like we're doing big budget, let's do an action movie. Right. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. But the, this movie, uh, I don't remember exactly, like I said, the country where it takes place, but um, I believe it's, it's in the Ukraine, right? It's like, uh, yeah, a, I think it's the so, Ukraine and Russia. It's like yeah, that. I was say that like Russia. Because mm-hmm. it's what it seems like in the movie is there's a another Cold War going on. So this movie is in the future, um, and now they don't really use soldiers like human soldiers. They try to send out uh, like these pretty much Robots. war machines. Mm-hmm. Like no pun intended, like to to Anthony Mackie being in in all those Marvel films. But it literally feels like there's just a bunch of Iron Men that they send out to do their dirty bidding so that way they wouldn't lose any actual soldiers so it seems like that's what the movie was moving towards like the future of war and the future Mm -hmm. of the army kind of like that integration and and it and the movie plays on the notion of is war a constant thing is it something Mm -hmm. that our world has to maintain in order for it to continue going round Mm -hmm. and you'd think that there wouldn't be any war um once like robots kind of get involved you mm-hmm. know that you wouldn't be losing people or anything like that but here comes uh an ai who yeah. is uh played by anthony mackie and he is um just an extraordinary soldier and is put into situations that regular soldiers don't want to get into because they'll end up dying <laughs> very yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much a cyborg in a human body. Like he looks a hundred percent human, but he has like this weird exoskeleton that's like super strong. And you know, he's just the the ultimate super soldier. He is literally like a Captain America that they made in this movie. So he's like going on a personal mission, but he recruits this drone pilot who has never been in the field. And all he would do was pretty much bomb cities or bomb, you know, oh, there's a terrorist in that city, blow it up, you know? Like a video game. Yeah, so he didn't understand the value of a soldier's life or what they put themselves through, you know, or how how they live in constant fear, you know, when you're out there in the battlefield. So Anthony Mackie has to, like, take this kid along for the ride, and they're going through all this pretty much no man's land to get all these objectives done outside the wire outside the wire yeah which is outside the i guess main base facility where the mm-hmm. u.s is operating out of yeah because there's a terrorist group that is <clears throat> bombing everything else basically out out outside of the wire or on the outside of that base so they um it's just dangerous you don't know who's a part of it Anything can kind of happen. Um, I really got like Taliban kind of vibes from it, you know, insurgent. Eh? Yeah, kind of vibes of just like, all right. Yeah. Not the Taliban. Anybody, I know, right? It could be anybody. Um, they could be hiding in, in a market, 
and blow you up or yeah. they could be in an abandoned in an abandoned building anything like that so it was interesting yeah so i mean all in all the the movie is about anthony mackie trying to trying to complete this mission we don't really know what his true intentions are throughout the movie um there's some really cool action scenes where he's fighting um he's pretty much fighting these huge uh, what are they like um which one the terrorist group or the or the, no, robots? Like the robots yeah the the I robots all those um shoot they were just like something out of like a almost almost like a terminator-esque yeah. type of robots but of course without without personality you know they didn't really have personality like that they were they were weapons they were robotic mm-hmm. weapons so did they look used. like people or just a straight up um no. they they, they wanted to like resemble like people but i don't know if you've been monitoring like how robotics are being used in the world like for real um and what they kind of look like for real like you've seen like the robotic dogs and like the robotic people and stuff like that so they're kind of modeled after that but just like okay. well done as if they could already hold a gun and already go out into the field and they gotcha. basically have like a camera as a face you know and kind of like i robot but not as like cheesy um not really like like not human they're not humanoid in the sense of like i robot cuz you know i robot they kind of wanted to give them personality they right. don't really have personality they're just like um shoot and kill. yeah shoot and kill with a camera with like you know one of those like old school kind of cybersecurity type camera faces <laughs> that will just scan you real quick and then shoot you you know so they're actually pretty, I would say like they're pretty dumb, like in in the yeah. movie, you know, like yeah. they make mistakes still, you know, they'll they're a little trigger happy. And if something reads the right way or the wrong way, then they're gonna go off. And um it's really like um it's really interesting because you see like where they are at, where the public knows that those things exist, and then where Anthony Mackey's like cyborg character exists because nobody knows that he, that he's a cyborg because he yeah. looks like a human right. so he's like a top secret project pretty much super top secret and uh, you know and he's just it just goes to show like okay here's the technology that they're experimenting with and here's the technology that they've implemented already and it has mm-hmm. parallels with how we as citizens in our world kind of think that our governments are operating with top secret technology yeah. and like what we have in our iPhone or what we have that's for the public. Yeah. So, I mean, without spoiling anything, the movie, like, cause if we go any further, it's pretty much like half them halfway through the movie. It's like, all right, the rest would be spoiled, but um, without spoiling anything, the movie, like Narik had said, it's pretty much about if war should even keep going. Like why, why do we even go to war? Or well, what's the main purpose of it? You know, and, and I think in the in the movie they mentioned that it's mostly about power. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's mostly about all right, who's gonna regain, who's gonna retain, I guess, ruling the world and and getting all these countries to to be on their side. You know, so there, there's a part of the movie where pretty much Anthony Mackie, I guess, flips sides, but. You know, like we don't really know his true intentions until I guess he 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how do you teach that. a robot that war? <laughs> yeah. Like how do you, how do you teach a robot? How does a robot come to terms with the fact that it's a war machine? Mm-hmm. You know, are there any, are there any additional purposes for that robot? And then you have this drone pilot, which the parallel is that a drone pilot is a robot himself. Mm-hmm. Even though he's a human being, because he's not looking at the fallout of the damage that the drone pilot is actually doing, and you know, if a drone pilot drops a a missile, to them it's just selecting a button, you yeah. know, to to drop it, and they, there there may be tension. Yeah, they just keep going on throughout their throughout their day. It's a numbers game to them. So when this drone pilot is now put on the front lines and is seeing all the devastation firsthand. It makes it makes you question what's important in humanity. So they kind of have that playing off of one another, um, mm-hmm. which makes for an interesting kind of like uh, time when they when they're together throughout this movie. Is would there I, anybody to basically answer, like in case the drone like they mess up, like is there like a government to answer <clears> to, or is it just like yeah? So the drone uh, is supposed to answer to the drone pilot. Like the drone pilot can tell like Anthony Mackie, like his character to like, hey, we can't go no further. Let's go back. You know, like he follows his orders, but he's very manipulative in a way where he seemed like he was in control. And the drone pilot didn't even know that he could have controlled him that easily. Um, So really, I think that's why because in the movie, Anthony Mackie's character mentions that, hey, I picked you for a reason. And I think the reason was so he could manipulate him easily since he wasn't an actual soldier and he was a drone pilot. He'd be like, I think I can get this guy to help me with what I really want to do because nobody else is going to listen to me. I can manipulate this guy like that pretty much. So yeah. I might just peep. It sounds intriguing. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it, gets, it gets pretty good. Um, Skywalker, what would you rate it? I'd probably give it a seven. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm around I'm around that too. Probably like a six point five. Um uh How's Anthony Mackey though? Like did he did he kinda like crush it or is it kind of just like you're watching Falcon in a different like role? You know, I I I've been trying to like compare like in the trailers for Falcon, which for Falcon the Winter Soldier, which we'll talk about later, mm-hmm. um he seems like older. You know, and like the character that's supposed to be played in Outside the Wire. So right. in Outside the Wire, he kind of, and it could be a dialogue issue. It could be just because of the script, the way that they wrote him. Like, it didn't have to be Anthony Mackie. It could have been anybody. Yeah. You know? I, I think they had it. I think what it was to get Anthony Mackie was they already had a deal with him in place. You know, he was on Black Mirror. He was in uh, Altered Carbon. I think he's going to be in another movie, but I could be wrong. So, you know, right now Netflix is like, all right, you're under contract. Right. It could potentially be just like, hey, you're already on the payroll. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be in and this? You, and he's like, you sure. You played this kind of character. Like, mm-hmm. you kind of know what you have to do. And then right. we'll just run yeah. that. So that was kind of how it was. Yeah. yeah he, he, didn't do, he didn't do bad, but I wouldn't say it's a... Like Oscar that, winning. Yeah, I don't think nah, it's a role that he's nah. gonna be known for in the future. He but, might end up getting typecasted in all honesty, like in just those types of military, like just playing a military character, 
Um, you know, I could see that. I could see that happening. So, so you know, yeah, I thought he was decent though. I liked it. I liked it enough too. It has the movie has a a really good message at the end. You really Mm -hmm. don't know what to think whether it was wrong, it was right. You know, like you're really at odds. You know, there's probably it probably splits the audience. I think the ending. Yeah. So I thought that was the most interesting about the movie. Mm -hmm. How long is it? How long is the movie? I think it's two hours. Two hours. Damn, it's two hour movies. Everything is two Uh, hours. Gotta love it. I love it. (laughs) I miss my ninety minute films because I know the last ten minutes. Because I know the last ten minutes is all credits. (laughs) (laughs) Malcolm and Marie actually. This that was is, pretty quick. A movie that's coming out. That one was not two hours. Was yeah, two that hours. was a pretty quick film. But like, there was only so much you could do. Like, you know, like it was just one location. Honestly, one man. Wardrobe. I, yeah. After after forty minutes, I was like, "There's still another hour of this movie." That's this what I so like about the movie. Like, they literally shot the whole film like it just takes place in an hour and forty minutes. Like that's. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, you're just arguing for an hour and 40 minutes. Yep. I'm just like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's definitely it's definitely trigger trigger inducing. So if there are any couples who are listening to this and oh, who gosh. haven't seen Malcolm and Marie, watch it alone. Um, watch it alone. I don't like unless your foundation is super strong <laughs> because they're going to say something that's going to remind you of something that your partner said. And it can you can just start the argument right then. Yeah, because fellas, is, if you're watching a movie with your lady, she goes, mm-hmm, don't do it. This yeah. is one of those movies where even if you're I think your relationship is solid, there's gonna be one or two things you guys disagree about in the movie, and then now your relationship yep. is yeah. so, there, there's there's no more home. Fellas, don't set yourself up. Watch yeah. it on your own. Watch yeah. it on your morning B like doing your morning BM. Just watching in portions while you're in the restroom throughout the day. <laughs> but you know, you're just gonna watch YouTube videos anyways, just watch the movie. It's it's yeah. crazy. But I, I thought I thought that the movie was shot beautifully. It was oh, yeah. um, it was absolutely gorgeous the, yeah, the yeah. way they shot it. And um just the dueling dialogues um uh, between Zendaya and um John David Washington were it was masterful the way that they were just executing it and i i loved that the film uh talked about film a lot there yeah. was a lot of like really really like, great references to film I, I feel like it like those references were to play irony on itself mm-hmm. in a way like i was right. like why does this movie sound like it's talking shit on itself yeah <laughs> you know so and then i was like well i mean you know, I feel like because the director Sam Levinson, he's very even the way he shot it is beautiful. Because I don't know if if you haven't seen Euphoria, it's shot very similarly, cin- cinematically wise, mm-hmm. and that's what I enjoyed a lot. But I feel like his writing is is supposed to be ironic and is supposed to play on itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just very very creative uh, writer, even especially since this movie was one of the first movies shot during the pandemic. Yeah. It was literally, I think like a month after I remember reading um, an article where Sam Levinson, they were ready to shoot the next season for euphoria, but 
obviously all that got canceled. He texted Sindaya like, hey, I've been writing this movie. I just, I want you to read it. Let me know what you think. And she's like, yeah, I love it. Let's do it. So they managed to scrap a crew together, get this location and shoot it. Uh, I want to say like in two weeks, probably. Maybe, it was, maybe it was, yeah, it was like 16, 12 days. I think it was 16. I could be wrong. One, one so of let, the, let's so just say between 12, 12 to 16 days. days. Yeah. 12 to 16 days that they shot the film. Yeah, so uh, that's that alone is impressive, you know, mm-hmm. and that they shot. Obviously, they didn't just do it in one take, but the cutting, the acting, mm-hmm. everything is very cohesive. Right. Spot on for a the cuts are necessary. Days. It's not forced. It's super necessary, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah. And even the cuts seemed like very. Um, they were they were just like long shots mm-hmm. that were in it, you know. So in my mind, I'm like, whoa, they really had to memorize all of these lines and get them down in, in the emotion that they're giving him. You know, you can't really do that over too many times. I you think know? I think it's kind of just sets that tone in the opening scene where John David Washington is but he's basically just walking around the living room, kind of hopping himself up. And Zendaya's kind of just walks on the porch. She starts smoking, just chilling as he's going on and on. And that they're just in that frame for a cool, what, like two to three minutes. Mm-hmm. Just constant. I don't know. It's it, I, I'm happy with the movie. At the same time, I'm just like, God, I really don't like arguing and my head hurts. Yeah. I also they, pissed. They could find something to argue butt. about like every time. And it was like, I I thought that it got to a point where like, it almost, or to me, it almost got to the point where it's like, okay, if you guys find something more to argue about, like you guys are just like, it's just too much right now. But I think that they kind of were, they they treaded a fine line on it being too much, and then it being like warranted with where they were taking yeah. the argument. At least with the argument, I don't. F- obviously, they were finding like as the movie went on, they were finding little things here and there. But I feel like. Overall, it was one thing that Zendaya's character had pent up for so long. So it came out this way, especially mm-hmm. on a night as important mm-hmm. uh, for Malcolm. I so, think he did a good job of actually creating characters that weren't even on screen as well. Yeah, they really painted. Uh, yeah. Like they kept talking about this whole premiere and like. Exactly. I can, I can imagine it in my head, like how. Mm-hmm the party was or how the during the movie premiere how it was mm-hmm. so they i mean the writing story wise was was well, what i would love to see it would would be like a director's cut after things kind of get back to normal where like jump cuts showing these like portions of the premiere you know what i mean but it's like them in the theater and her kind of like holding his hand or him taking pictures with with his lead in the movie and stuff like that i think it would be cool who knows? But either way, it's it's a pretty vivid picture that they paint, yeah. and they I did mean, a really good job. That could have been a potential thing, but I think because of the circumstances, right? Exactly. They, they that's why I say that's why I'm just like, hopefully they got it in like in the tuck. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, I'm I'm just upset that in the first like five minutes he's trying to eat out Zendaya. I don't take kindly to that at all. It's uh, <laughs> why? Because she's she's fine. She's beautiful. Well, I'm gonna marry her one day. I'm going to marry her one day. You're not going to marry her. The day I I get with Zendaya, you're not coming to the wedding. So that's that's fine. That's fine. For a movie that is in one location, the trailers really didn't. uh, They didn't give give away too much at all. Nah. 
Yeah, I mean, with a movie like that, you really just have to to show how well it's shot. I mean, the mm-hmm. actors speak for themselves. Right. Like, you don't even need them to really have too much dialogue um, because it's just like, oh my goodness, all of these shots are beautiful. I have to go see this movie and see what this story is. You know, there's yeah. like, there's multiple ways of promoting, uh, you know, the movie. And I feel like uh, directors either decide to just have all of these wonderfully cinematic shots be the thing that grabs people or they have, you know, the comedy or the dialogue or something like that, that kind of grabs people. So, um, I mean, really, none of it is necessary. None of it is necessary. What are you talking about? Like just in general, just promoting. No, that's that's what he kept saying in the movie. That was oh, one of yeah. my favorite scenes when he was uh, shit talking the New York Times white lady. <laughs> He's like, none of this is necessary. This is art. Uh, he, I think I wrote it down. He says, cinema doesn't need to have a fucking message. It needs to have heart and electricity, which mm-hmm. is which was funny to me because I was like, this is this movie. It's the right. director speaking. Yeah, this is the director uh, yeah. speaking like this yeah. movie. Which is crazy alone. because he's a director speaking. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was like a, yeah. a paradox or something. Inception. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is they really use the music to their advantage. They were right. pretty much arguing that soundtrack? with the music. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they're arguing. They're literally play a song and this is. This is how this I feel. Thing. You know what it reminded this me of? It reminded me of how intense Whiplash got. With with the oh, with the with, you know what I mean with like the with like the horns or kind of just like with the drums in the background just like your heart just kind of goes on beat with those songs and you're just like okay this is where we're at this is what this is what's happening mm-hmm. yeah it was it was a masterful soundtrack and it just goes to show that that songs from that era spoke so much about the human condition and like they really elaborated on the feelings. Like there was a hit song for every feeling that someone would feel, whether it's good or bad or whatever circumstance that they're in, there was a song that was for it. And when you really dive deep, um, that, that genre of like just soul R and B blues music, um, just, it really speaks to there, there, there's just something for everything, you know, like whatever, whatever feeling you have, whatever emotion that you have, there's a song for it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. It was, the movie was good. It was a master work. What, yeah. what, what would yeah, you guys give it? And all that to say for listening to this episode is dropping a couple of days before Valentine's fellas. Don't watch this movie on Valentine's day. With your no, lady. no, do not do, don't it. do that. Super don't disclaimer. Do please don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Unless you want to be arguing for the entire night. <laughs> Yeah. yeah unless you want some unless you want some craft mac and cheese for dinner oh that was, <laughs> that was tragic <laughs> you want salted or unsalted i was like the oh. intro the intro card was literally malcolm and marie and a bowl of mac and cheese. <laughs> bowl of mac and cheese super fire i was like okay that that really tells you a lot but um i'd probably give it probably give it an eight i think yeah same uh i'm leaning towards like a seven 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 point five Okay. Feel it. Feel just it. Because your, head, a, your head started hurting. Uh, not only that, it's just Zendaya's in it. She's not with Zendaya, me. He's just exactly seven point five because he's. I'm he's just. Malcolm, that's I'm all. Just, dare I say it wasn't sincere and Marie. That's what he wanted. He wanted sincere and Marie, and that, yeah. that wasn't gonna happen. Do you know happen. what's crazy is that there's a song called Marie on my next EP. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm just gonna send it to Zendaya. Do you think? Like, Yo. 
Do you think you could have delivered a performance as well as John David Washington? Look, man, I didn't say all that. I'm just saying Washington. No, absolutely not. My daddy a battle rapper. I do I do what I do in my in my world. He does what he does in his. That's all that matters. That's funny, actually. For tenant. (laughs) With the cheese grater. Yeah, no, yeah. but uh, overall, he uh, they give a great performance. I was really, yeah. I was taken aback from the film because I was just like, "Wow, this is actually better than I expected." It impressed me. I had I had actually put the movie off for like a few days because I was watching some other things. But once I got around to it, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I was sitting there like actually listening to them argue, like, "Hmm, like plead your case. Let me see who wins." Yeah. Yeah. Well, Skywalker, you said you're watching some other things. Would you say you're watching, I don't know, the little things? Yeah, I think we all saw the little things. Uh, okay. It's I your play. boy with the segues. You know, you know who would have been a better transition is when I mentioned Denzel Washington, who is in the, the little, little things. things. Yes. Hey, that, that, all right, guys, this has been a Southwick pod. Transition, but, you know. <laughs> this has been a Southwick pod. It's your boy, Asens here. I'm outro. Skywalker, Michael, let me take it from here. No, but okay. Um, let's talk about this movie, man. I'm super excited about this one. I watched it twice. That's how. Oh, you watched it twice. Three uh, Academy it. Award winners, bro. Yes. And they were all in the same room at one point. I was literally watching that one scene in awe, like, wow, like look at all this talent in one room, and they can all keep a straight face mm-hmm. and all stay in character, even though it was a little bit of a weird scene because of something that happened, but. Before we start, I just want to say Rami Malik, his eyes, like how they're kind of buggy, he has so much emotion in his eyes. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> just robot. like in his scenes, bro. Yeah, he's just like his eyes are really buggy and he captures so much freaking emotion in them. But I'll yeah. have to say, let's uh, let's dive it's into this movie. The look. Yeah, let's yeah, take it from the top. Uh pretty much it's a movie. At first, I had I don't think I saw a trailer for this movie. That is the so. top. That it could yeah. that it could be. It is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the thing about this movie, guys, it's a movie. It's a movie. <laughs> but this is uh, something I didn't watch the trailer for, so I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't even read the details. I was just like, "All right, three Academy Award winners. Let's let's get it." Just yeah, just I, was sold, I was sold on a cast alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it warrants that. Honestly, if you have Denzel Washington. Uh, Rami Malek and Jared Leto um, in any type of drama crime movie that is an automatic press play. Um, with that being said, was the movie executed to that caliber? I, I think what's rough with a movie like this is that you have three great actors all known for their specific genres, their specific take on acting. Um, all great in their own basically genre of what they do what what is difficult is like when you have scenes with all three of them together it gets very what's the it's basically just kind of like uh i I can't i I guess you would just call it a dick swinging contest bro because like they're all just acting their asses off they're all doing great and it's kind of hard to see who's topping the other and you kind of just get overwhelmed with like oh shit but at the same time as, as as a viewer, you're kind of just like, wow, this is this is actually happening. Or you kind of get lost in the movie and you forget that you're watching a movie. Yeah, I, I think it kind of goes back to, like for me, if I would have saw this in theaters, I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. You know, right. yeah, I feel like it's awesome that all of these movies are hitting home releases, but your expectations are skewed and the experience itself is skewed. 
Um, and I feel like that's going to be the argument for a lot of movies, especially with this caliber of actors. This is like we live in an age where everything is straight to DVD now mm -hmm. type of thing. And those movies used to be like, oh, I'm not watching that. Right. It used to be like, it's yeah. like here's Scooby-Doo 5 straight to DVD. And it's like, oh, mm -hmm. wow, they're still doing Scooby-Doo's, right? But right. obviously, yeah, it wasn't a bad movie. I, I feel like it was it was a decent movie. It really kept me, I guess, I, you would say on the edge of your seat because I'm a huge mystery guy. I love thrillers. I, I like finding the clues before the actor finds the clues. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I was trying to do the whole time. And uh, Denzel Washington's character is similar to that. He's trying to find clues that nobody can see. You know, he's trying to dig as deep as he could. And I guess that's kind of what led to the downfall of his character mm -hmm. and why he was working in Kern County as a deputy instead of a, a detective, detective. Yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. But, but um, I mean, yeah, I, I think, I, I think it was, it was a pretty decent movie. I, I really like that he was led back to LA and I thought it was done on purpose at first. I thought they wanted him back in LA to help mm -hmm. Rami Malik, and but it turns out they didn't want him there. They were like, "Oh shit, this guy's back!" Like, yeah. And the whole time I was like, "Why did they hate Denzel Washington? Isn't he just a deputy?" Because in the beginning of the movie, they don't tell you that he was a detective at first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, other than that, what do you guys think? Of um, role. so for the listener, like the reason is called the little things. Um, I think we all kind of know that saying, like, oh, like always appreciate the little things, you know what I mean? But this movie kind of takes like its own twist on that, meaning the little things could be good or they could be bad, where they're gonna have a positive effect on you, you're gonna have a negative effect on you. Um, whether it be in your career, out of your career, personal, not personal. Um, I think Jared Little killed this movie. He outacted Denzel and Rami Malik. Um, it kind of reminded me of Dallas Buyers Club where he kind of just gets embedded in this in this character. Um, I'm sure he wasn't wearing a fat suit. I'm sure he, like, grew out his gut for this film and ate really unhealthy um, just because he has, like, that mechanic that mechanic look, but at the same time, he's still Jared Little. That method, that method type of... Yeah, he's just great yeah. at doing that. Um, I think he kind of just got embedded in this actor... Oh, sorry, in this character um, and kind of just, again, Denzel. I love Denzel, bro. He, but it's just movies like this kind of gets you realizing like wow like denzel's getting old this mm -hmm. shit's insane yeah, yeah. Denzel, um, he's, he's getting to, the, to that dad vibes like it's just like older dad like give it up grandpa is basically what i'm getting yeah yeah like older grandpa like even with like the equalizer and stuff like that it's I mean, like yeah he's it's it, he's that got was the first time that I, yeah that was the first time that i kind of noticed like with the equalizer, I was like, mm, he's not moving as swiftly as they're trying to portray him. Like that's right. just not that's just not it, you know. And there's too many jump cuts happening here. Yeah, he's starting to get into that role of like less of a, of a kind of like action star, more of like this mentor role. And in all honesty, like I I kind of agree with you, sincere. I think Jared Leto acted better than all than uh, Denzel and Rami Malek. I feel like Rami Malek was a little bit out of his depth here even though he's an academy award winner he's a great right. actor i just think that the character that that he ended up portraying is someone that i couldn't really see be that character you know it was kind of like in all honesty i think him and jared leto could have switched 
their roles and it be like a better a better portrayal from both of them i see what you mean um you know because like rami malik doesn't really pull off the um he's he's like too mysterious to pull off the oh i'm the like the best detective here kind of like but also he's too baby faced to pull off like a sociopath you know what i mean yeah i mean one of the things i've noticed about his character is like he he wanted to be the young buck he's like i can do it all like don't i don't need the help until he starts to ask for the help because he realizes that denzel knows a little bit more than he was leading off with yeah his his buddy buddiness was like it came off as a surprise to me like i didn't i thought that they were going to be at odds like him and denzel trying to like crack the case right but he was just kind of like nah like let me buy you coffee like let me let me learn well, all these things from he him. he was like that at first because he's like oh this guy he was in a deputy so he's like this guy is a nobody why is he in my way until one of the detectives was like you know who that is and he's like oh that's him and he's like okay let me get a little bit more inside i didn't know that's that was mm-hmm. him. But one of the things I did notice about Rain Malik's character is that he wanted to prove he can catch this killer. Throughout the movie, they kept asking him, like, are you close? Do you have a suspect? Uh, and he's like, I'm doing everything that I can to to find this person, and I will find him. And that's when Denzel tells him, like, you can't. You can't be their angel, you know? Like, you can't exactly. be the hero here. But he was willing to put it all on the line even to the point when he's like, look, I got his, his, uh, his boss was like, look, I just called the FBI and you have till Monday to give everything to them, you know? And that, at that point he was like, all right, I'm just going to go all in. I kind of like that. You know, he was a little bit more risky. Um, but like you said, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe they probably could have got somebody else. Cause you know, when I look at Rami Malik, I don't think detective, I I don't even think I could have saw him in Jared Leto's role. Right, but, but yeah, no, I I know what you mean by that. Uh, again, I I think what kind of sucks with that type of character is that you need a certain actor that can bring life to an emotionless person because he kind of gets lost in himself, where he kind of just becomes just, you know what I mean? It's kind of just blocked yeah. off from everything. It it almost made me think that Rami Malek was the killer himself, like he was trying to find himself. That would have been nice to it. Which would have been a pretty cool twist, and like Denzel being the one that's like figuring out the little things. But um, I did like how the movie ended, and I don't want to spoil that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good ending. It, it did uh, it's end unexpected. in a way that yes was unexpected, and I appreciate that because and it's not a generic unexpected ending either. Exactly, every story has been told, you know, and. Um, you can kind of follow like, okay, well, it's this kind of story. Like they're going to eventually like catch the killer. And then, you know, one of them is going to sat like Denzel probably sacrifice himself on the way that they catch it because he's older and Rami Malik will be fine, but then they'll have this secret. And, but it didn't quite do that. And I thought that that was um, an interesting twist to uh, how this kind of story was, was yeah. portrayed. And it, it's just a reminder that not everything uh, works out the way that you want it to. Yeah, I, I definitely one of the things I noticed um, towards a little bit end of the movie is that um, Ray Malik's character was pretty much turning into uh, the the character that Denzel played when he was younger in a det- as a detective. So, I, and that was all because of Denzel stepping into 
um, everything and, and helping him out, you know. So he right. was like, especially right, that mental gonna... role Narik mentioned. Yeah, and he was like, if you're gonna take it to this length and and we can get something done, then you know what, let's do it. And you know that led to you know what what happened in right, the end. Like, but yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, what what do you rate it, sincere? You saw it twice. Seven point five. After this, after the first time, I was like, the movie is a solid uh, eight. I was like, solid eight. Watch it the second time because uh, my mom hadn't watched it yet, and then I was just like, okay, this is like seven point five, and that's where I kind of, kind of one I knew where it was going already, so I was kind of just paying attention to character development and kind of just watching how the characters navigate. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, seven point five is pretty solid for what the movie is, and it's mainly because of that twist at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I give it a seven as well. Yeah, yeah I'm around a, like a seven, six point five, which is unfortunate because of how high caliber the cast is, and I don't. And that's also why I rate it that because anybody else who who aren't those actors getting a six means that the movie's trash. Right. But like have those actors and then getting a six, like it's just so difficult to pull off something like that that I do think that the movie is worth the watch for anybody who's a fan of any of those. Oh, actors. it's definitely worth the watch no matter what. Yeah. It's not the best, de- like out of those three actors, it's not their best film, but it's a great film that you can appreciate from all those actors. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm definitely excited um, for the more movies to come. We have, we have some that are coming out in the next few weeks that we'll be talking about yeah. for sure. And uh, this past weekend, we had the Super Bowl. Hey. And the Super Bowl was riddled with amazing commercials. As always. Uh, we were as my favorite commercial, commercial go. My uh, favorite my non-movie favorite commercial. Probably the, the Cheetos, the the Shaggy, the Shaggy commercial. Oh, that was uh, with Camila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. Okay. I thought that was that was pretty cool. My favorite was the um Drake from State Farm. Oh, uh, I was gonna say that one. That was my favorite. It was one. such a good one, bro. Nobody mentioned Paul Rudd, and I was kind of sad, but uh, if you didn't know who Paul Rudd is, and and I don't know if you know, but they had Paul Rudd in there because he's a Chiefs fan. And that's oh, uh, sick. Okay. Yeah, didn't know and that. He he was playing Patrick Mahomes, but oh. uh, yeah, I thought that one was funny. He's like, "Is that Drake from State Farm?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, that's that's kind of yeah, funny." It, I thought yeah. it was pretty funny. Like I was like, okay, I'm telling Drake, you, Drake, like Drake's Drake. gonna come back to acting, man. His comedic timing is getting there. It's getting there. It's starting to be hilarious. Well, bro, it, when he hosted it, the SBs, when he hosted the SBs and SNL, I remember seeing him do those skits, and I was like, this guy's still got it, bro. Drake's gonna be one of those characters when he comes back to into acting. Like he's gonna be a comedy character, but he's gonna be like that third guy to tell a joke, like the third guy to speak. I, I don't ever think he's gonna get. The lead. lead role because he's right. he's funny, but he's like corny funny. Yeah, well, I feel like he'll start off as like a Jamie Foxx or like The Rock, like when they were starting off, like The Rock and Be Cool, or like Jamie Foxx and, like, and Driver and or in Baby Driver and like that that kind of role where he's like, going that far. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna play nah, a character nah. in a movie. You won't you won't see that it's drake but they'll have to meet up with some guy and then the guy ends up being drake and he's gonna like act and it'll be hilarious but i'm telling you somebody's gonna give him a chance or an opportunity to play a serious role and it's gonna be over it's gonna be over bro like he could have did malcolm and marie probably 
Nah, nah. Drake's Drake has too many songs about him being soft. <laughs> for oh, him no. to do Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> he would cry. He would have been halfway through the argument crying. Play Marvin's room. He'll he'll play Marvin's room for the whole thing, and then that's it. And cry. Yeah, I could see that. But let's get into these uh, into these trailers, movie and show trailers that happened during yes. the Super Bowl. They had Number a ton. One, they had a ton. They had a ton. They had some great stuff. Um, and how how do you guys feel about about what you saw? Do you feel does it get you excited for the rest of the year? Um, it gets me re excited for some because obviously, like let's use Fast Nine for an example. Like we saw that trailer almost a year ago now, and of course that'd be postponed. Um, so rewatching that trailer is kind of getting me re excited, even though it's. Fast nine, you know what I when mean. When that trailer popped on the TV, everybody was in disgust. Well, bro, when you think about it, this this commercial was shown at the last Super Bowl. Yeah, that that is true. But one of the things, yeah, that I, I just caught that. One of the things that was funny was everybody's like, "Oh man, why are they still doing this?" And me yeah. in the back, I'm just like, "I'm still gonna go watch it." Oh, every everyone <laughs> like fast. The fast series has gotten to the point now where people are going to talk shit about it like but they're gonna go all the it. way up but they will buy a ticket yep they are going to buy a ticket to go see that movie we're too invested as a society like we need to yeah. know how this thing is gonna end we're gonna watch this movie oh, and no. we're gonna watch the next yeah, one that's where nobody realizes that we don't, caused this don't tell people this is where it ends because this is not where it's gonna end and then we're still gonna be an ongoing cycle of fast 10 fast 11 Hobbs Shaw nah, too nah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be done with fast 10. I think that we will get a Hobbs and Shaw a second See? one before yeah. we get fast 10 but once the after fast 10 I'm sorry like you can't you can't do anything like there's what, never been 10 movies like what it's turned into is they're trying to compete obviously with uh franchises like marvel with like dc and the only way they can do that is if they themselves turn into super humans or some 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 type of super dom torino gets a freaking super serum i am never watching a film again bro no 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 it's not like that it already exists like yeah 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 that's what i'm saying dom torino gets it i'm not I don't no. know. So so what I'm saying by like superhuman super like that's how the universe is like that is correct. Anything that right. he does, if he can lift up a helicopter in that universe, you can get that strong to the point where you can lift a helicopter. It has nothing to do with like serums or anything. Like, they're literally to the point where anybody can be as strong as they can. I remember watching a video saying which is the strongest Fast and the Furious character and they ranked everybody and at the top it was like Vin Diesel and The Rock. Yeah. And oh and also Idris Elba was up there too and I was like why is this even a thing? But it's because that's what Fast and the Furious has turned themselves into. Right. Yeah. Kind of they'll, like throughout they'll, the, they'll somewhere along the lines. Back. They'll never go back to street racing. No. It's just going to be an action movie that's revolved around fast cars and family that that's where they got it to and that's going to continue um until fast 10 will be over and then dominic toretto's kid will be old enough to start the fast series all over again and then and then vin diesel's going to make a cameo and that's just how it's going to go I'm down. but um you know i like what like what we saw we we found out that cardi b is going to be in in uh the movie as well and play a prominent role 
So another example of uh, artists becoming actors. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. Um, we also got cool? to see our first full look at uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, a two-minute trailer that looked amazing. Uh, Marvel's going to follow up WandaVision with an amazing show. Right. Uh, March 19th is the release date. March 19th. And super excited for that because that's going okay. to be um, a direct result of Endgame that we're going to be able to see. Um, one, I yeah. I mean, WandaVision is obviously a direct result of Endgame, but it still kind of plays in the in-between of, um, of like Far From Home and like kind of Wanda's own world, but it seems like with the um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to show us what the world is kind of dealing with um, after after the events of Endgame, which I think is going to be interesting. And they're going to be chasing Zemo, which is awesome. Yes, Zemo finally has his masks. Zemo finally has his mask. I'm Daniel Bro. I'm, I'm hyped. He's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. I think that's going to be really exciting going from a move, going from a show like WandaVision where there's not that much action. There's action a little bit here and there, but it's mostly like one of those, uh, like you have to think during that show a lot. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, Falcon and the winter soldier won't be in the caliber that WandaVision will be. It, it could be, I mean, it has the potential to be way better than WandaVision all off the action. Yeah. But as far as storytelling, we don't know how well they can execute that. Because yeah. like they've proven, that. Yeah, yeah. they've proven they they can do that with WandaVision, but it's definitely a different setting with all these action. Winter Soldier. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh real quick. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say just the last two cents on that, that I, I am a little worried on how the action will be will compensate with the storytelling because there's so much that we're going to want to know and if the show has a runtime uh, the same as WandaVision then um I'm afraid that it may not have as compelling storytelling like how dialogue. the dialogue does or like right. dialogue where it's like we really want to find out what's going on like we want to know what these people are thinking so they're really going to have to like pepper in some Easter eggs that like no one's going to see coming, you know, honestly, yeah. um, which, and, and we want to get enough time with Zemo. We want to get enough time with the villains. We, you know, so uh, with WandaVision, it's so contained that we don't really need to see who the villain is until, because we all feel like it's Wanda until that right. gets revealed it to be different. So this mm-hmm. is a little different, but I'm excited. Nonetheless, me being the uh, trailer analyst that I am, I really hope this um, this show does not start off at Captain America's funeral because that's the vibes I got from it. And I also saw um, like someone else kind of saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, where it kind of just shows Cap on a banner in the background. Anthony Mackie starts. Well, sorry, Falcon starts using the using the shield, and I'm just like, man, this kind of looks like it's he's going to be at his funeral. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first two episodes don't do it for us. I wouldn't be surprised. Right, but we'll it's see. it's all good. Um, I don't I don't think it has uh, um, much to live upon, but just based off the action, you know, I think the the dialogue and everything could be there, you know, in what way and capacity we don't know, but I think the action will do it for us because that's what a lot of Marvel fans are craving right now. They want more action, 
And That's true. We'll see. The fan base can end up being split because of WandaVision and Winter Soldier. But yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, another Super Bowl trailer that we saw was a return of a director who's been pretty hey. quiet lately. Um, what was the last film he did? I can't think off top. Um, Split. not too sure. Split. Oh, right. It was uh, the third, third installment. It was after Split. It was Glass. Glass. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a. Uh, we're talking about director M Night Shyamalan, who, uh, depending on who you are and how you like his movies, it's either a great thing or a horrible thing. If you like The Last Airbender, I do not trust you. No, 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 no. That was a trash movie. We, we don't they get him to do that. We, we, never, we never talk about that. Ever. Nope. I just um, brought it up just to let you guys know. I did not trust you. <laughs> but I did find this trailer interesting. And this trailer is for a movie called Old. And it just seems like such a ridiculous concept that you would you and your buddies would like talk about. And M. Night Shyamalan was just like, yeah, let's make it into a movie. And like, like, A-O-Bet. Let's, Make like real consequences happen. So when I was watching the trailer, um, which shows um, a bunch of families on a beach and there are instances of like them like having fun, but like you could kind of tell that something is off and they show in the trailer that one of like the children gets lost and comes back older by several years and they give I think what scared me or like what got me into like that thrill mode was seeing um, that one of the family's daughters become pregnant like immediately. So it was like you, I guess this beach is, is rapidly accelerating people's um, ages. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but when you actually see it applied, you can imagine all of the scary reactions that you would have if all of a sudden you were right. getting, you were getting older by the hour or by the minute or, or whatever right. there's something wrong with this beach i'm like yeah obviously there's something wrong with this beach yeah uh, is it um, beach though that'll be the twist yeah uh, I, i'm assuming it's not gonna uh, it doesn't rapid speed your age somehow it knows your future and it just kind of just propels you into what your future is going to be. Either way, I'm excited to see where it goes with it. As far as we know, just based on the trailer, could be an amazing movie, but it could also be trash. I'm not Shyamalan's track record. Yeah, I'm not Shyamalan's track record is not the greatest. So it's we'll see. Best. It's 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 Eli Manning. Oh, mostly hits, but <sighs> Eli Manning alone. <laughs> um, the next trailer uh, goes goes with uh, with some more action. Uh, this one's called Nobody, and I don't know how I feel uh, about this movie. I don't know how I feel about it either. I mean, it's cool that it's like really action based, but it's like a. It, I like Bob it was Kevin Costner, but it's not Kevin Costner. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, somebody else. Bro, looks it's like Better Call Saul mixed with um, Breaking Bad, mixed with Hey, I got a special set of skills. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm not told. Father, but... who is also a mercenary or a hitman of some sort who's kind of like John Wick-esque and his family doesn't know that he does this and he's trying to used to, right? He used to do it. Yeah. He used to be. Yeah. But he's not retired. Because what I got from the movie is that he just out of nowhere 
decided like fucking i'm just gonna stand up for myself now like that's what it seemed like to me yeah it kind of just looked like he got put on check by his superiors you know i'm tired of being beat up yeah he got put put on check like you can't let anybody know he has a very like he has that look that you want to punch him in the face like if i was a bully i'd be like i want this guy's lunch money so so i i think it's gonna be pretty cool um it, it might just be one of those like you know, hour and a half beater type movies where it's just like, yo, I'm gonna just power through this, you know, just to kind of have it. There may not be anything that is super uh, gripping or anything that like really pulls you into the story. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, And and lastly, this one just dropped. Yeah. Um, So we saw the movie together, right? Yeah, we didn't see yeah, it together. We, I think no. This this is this doesn't have anything to do with that. It movie. doesn't. But I just wanted to say we saw this together. In the movie. It's the same. So franchise. I, I know. We, yeah, same franchise. We talked about this. But is it? I don't yeah. think so. It, yeah, it's, it's it's same it's, franchise, different storyline. Obviously, it's a Nickelodeon movie. It's a Nickelodeon show. It's a show yeah. that they turned into a movie. And Anyways, back into a show. Disregard what I just said. All was from the Nickelodeon show too. Yeah. No. Yeah, the, that one, was it? The, the movie was from the Nickelodeon show. It was based off of that. If you right? guys are confused, are we were talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, sorry yeah, to, are you afraid to say, the, say the name. Yeah, guys. So the trailer just dropped today for Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, if you're a 90s baby and you grew up watching this show, you understand how scary this freaking mo- uh, this show used to be. Like, yes. yeah, we all you watch. Yes, we all watch Goosebumps. We all love the Goosebumps books. This is Goosebumps times 10. Are You Afraid yeah. of the Dark was probably one of the scariest things as a kid. And I would. I would love watching it, but I would also hate it because yes, I was afraid of the dark. Cause I still sit yeah, with the light I've, on. I've never yeah. seen Are You Afraid of the Dark? The show, like the old one, but this one just doesn't look like, like nah. <laughs> um, the movie, the movie was just enough for me to watch because I feel like it was PG thirteen, so you know they, and obviously they had a bigger budget, better production. This one feels like they made it in a Nickelodeon studio. And they just got these these kids, and it's very cheesy. It's kind of like a Stranger Things, but like a little right. bit more serious. It just seems like they really, really dumbed down this franchise just to show it on Nickelodeon. And I feel like they could have probably did it how, you know, to the caliber of how you guys say the show was, but it's probably not going to live up to that. Yeah, my hopes is that they kind of, kind of keep the the aesthetic of the old show. Obviously, better production quality. Keep the the it's scary like Henry Danger show, you know Henry, Henry Danger. God, yes, I know. That's Unfortunately, it, looks like. it looks like yeah, just Nickelodeon's not the same. Disney Channel's not the same anymore. Uh, so my hope, being the nostalgic '90s baby I am, I'm hoping it stays true from its original. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, let's let's get into our show referrals and then we will be off. But since we're still on the topic of Nickelodeon, go first. <laughs> it's your boy. Yo, guys, iCarly's back on Netflix. I'm so excited. Um, oh if you guys don't understand how great iCarly is, it's probably one of my favorite Nickelodeon shows of all time. It introduced me to Spaghetti Tacos. They put the full series on Netflix. Go watch you know, it, please. You know what I learned from um, one of the things that is like instilled in me from iCarly is, I forget that kid's name, but he says- Gibby? 
No, not Giri. Not Giri. But uh, the one, he's like a little evil genius or whatever, but he says, you will oh, rule the day. Neville. Rule today. Yeah. Yeah, it's Neville. I, I feel like I say that every now and again just because. And I <laughs> it's always a very think Skywalker thing character. to say. He's like, you're going to rule I don't know. I, you will I, rule I, the I day. Watching. I stopped watching when I Carly came out. Like I did watch Drake and Josh though. So Loki, um, Nori with his dreads kind of looks like the guy that owns the smoothie shop. <laughs> Bagel on the stick. That's what I was <laughs> oh, <gonna say>. wow. <laughs> Yo, uh, Nori, that would be put, a, put both of those pictures together. Bagel that would be a fire Halloween that. costume. Just walk around with a bagel on a stick. That's but right. he puts the bagel the, the wrong ways instead of through the center <laughs> of the bagel. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Nori, go ahead and go ahead and say your go. Uh, I'll just pass you. Yeah, oh, yeah. My, my show referral or movie referral is on Netflix. It's called Six Underground, and it is starring Ryan Reynolds. Um, and uh, was it David Fra- Dave Franco? I think that's James mm-hmm. Franco's little yeah. brother, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. he's in the movie as well. Um, and it is a uh, it's it's kind of has like a Deadpool feel. Like it's basically Ryan Reynolds playing like that kind of Deadpool humor. Um, and he plays a billionaire who recruits uh, these six people who are supposed to be unnamed. They don't know each other's names. They, name, they, they call are, them by their numbers, right? Yeah, they call them by their numbers, and they're uh, supposed to go out and um, and take out the evil bad guys, the real, real evil guys, the guys that are kind of behind the scenes. So they become ghosts um, with special sets of skills and... Um, it's pretty outrageous, pretty bloody, pretty violent. Um, it's a cool, it's a cool watch. You know, if you guys are down to just like kill some time and watch Ryan Reynolds do his thing, um, I, I advise it. It's on Netflix. Does it give you any Deadpool vibes watching that movie? Uh, yeah, it's just, he doesn't, he, he doesn't necessarily do the Deadpooling. It's like, just does it for him. Yeah. It's like the rest of the crew that does it for him, but he has the quips. It's it's all the Deadpool type of quips that that happen. Is Gal Gadot in that movie? I think I'm thinking of another movie. Uh uh-uh. no, it's um it's it's a different um I know who you're talking about, but no, it's a different, that's <laughs> I, thought, a different I thought it was Gal Gadot, but yeah. So my uh so streaming suggestion, I had a brain fart, but my mm-hmm. streaming suggestion is a classic by known none other than the man we were just speaking of earlier, M Night Shyamalan, Shutter's mm-hmm. Island. Sh- I keep I keep saying this right. M Night Shyamalan. It's getting late. It's all good. Shutter Island. That movie. Uh, I remember seeing it like around when it came out, and the whole movie. You know, if you, if you see if you've seen the movie, you think, oh, okay, this is a very interesting movie. They're just gonna go on an island and do uh, Shutter yeah. things. detective work and is gonna throughout the movie it was a mystery up until the end there's a twist as M. Night Shyamalan loves to have Mm -hmm. but after seeing this movie again after some years and knowing how the ending plays out you definitely get another look into the movie on top of everything that you already know you start questioning other things that you wouldn't have questioned if you watched it the first time around so that's what I liked about it. And if you have time, it's on Netflix. It's it just came out. There's a lot of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio movies out right now. I love going back and watching old films like that because obviously we're kind of getting better in our, I guess, if you want to call it expertise. So it kind of just let, lets you appreciate those films a little bit more. So yeah. I'm going to go rewatch it now. Totally. Yeah. 
but yeah, definitely getting better in our context clues. So yeah, I like the the I guess what I took away from it this time. You know, I had different questions than I did the first time. So right, I love it. awesome, awesome. Um, real quick before we outro, um, just want to say because this is the Sound Flick podcast, and we hey. do appreciate a great soundtrack. Um, and a soundtrack was just announced for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, and that is exclusively produced, executively produced, excuse me, by Hit Boy and Ryan Ai. which, uh, yes, shout out the IE, shout out Tony Fontana. There's two uh, IE people on that movie or that yep. contribute to that movie. That's yeah, with Lakeith Stanfield. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to quickly read off some of the artists that are going to be in the soundtrack. It's really, really stacked. Um, you have her. You have Nas on this soundtrack, Black Thought, um, the late great Miss Nipsey Hussle, um, Jay Z is on the soundtrack, Hit Boy, Masego, Rhapsody, Smino, Saba, um, Dom Kennedy, G Herbo, Sir, Kiana Lede. Like it's just stacked ASAP Rocky, um, yeah. and the incomparable Rakim. The uh, soundtrack is giving me. Uh, Queen and Slim vibes, right? Yeah, that's what you mean. Very, very, very appropriate. You know, this is still Black History Month. This is a very, um, I wouldn't say necessarily super important part specifically mm-hmm. about Black history, but the figures that are being talked about yeah. are important figures, right? The, the, maybe, the, maybe not the story the of the movie itself. Yeah, the so story maybe. of the movie itself is is going to be interesting. Um, if you if you know a little bit about the history of Fred Hampton and and um, what not. happened while he was leading the Black Panther Party and how the FBI sent in an informant to be a part of the Black Panther Party in order to orchestrate his assassination. Um, that's what this movie is going to be about. But the message and the um, just the times and how they're going to show these characters being portrayed, I think, are, are very interesting. And I'm super excited um, to watch this movie and I'm super excited to bump this soundtrack because I think that there's going to be hit songs on there. I'm, I'm hyped for hit boy. Um, no pun intended hit songs from hit boy um, because he's really been, he was producer of the year last year, hands down. And he hasn't let up, you know, an article just came out saying he's probably one of he's probably the greatest producer of all time. So that's no, yeah uh, that's a little far I say but, all that, but, but I, I'm just <laughs> saying this, I didn't say it but producer last that's year, my argument. yes absolutely producer of the year last year there wasn't right. anybody that was putting out the content at the caliber that he was putting out and it started with the verses and it just never let up you know right. and when so, did they drop that article uh, a couple February? days ago, I saw I saw him post it during oh. they they dropped that during Dilla month. Oh Dilla. dang, wow. yeah, that, yeah. I mean that's true, that's true. I mean Dilla, that's what I'm gonna say. And uh, happy birthday, Dilla! Dilla day just passed as well. Dilla would have been 47 for sure. Yeah, for sure. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, but I think that that's it, guys. Um, this concludes episode 41 of the Sound Flick podcast. Um, again, subscribe to, um, to our accounts, 
Um, follow us on Instagram, SoundFlickPod, on Twitter, SoundFlickPod. Leave us a review. If you like what you're hearing and you like uh, our podcast, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts on Spotify or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, make sure and follow us at all of our social handles. Um, share our videos. Um, show us some love. We would really, really appreciate it. We're happy for all the engagement that we've been receiving as we've been ramping up our um, our episodes. And if you would like to start your own podcast episode, you should reach out to ProductiveCulture.com yes, podcast um, because they right down there at the bottom um, and start your podcast today. Uh, they keep us powered and empowered and we are appreciative of them. Um, also, uh, be on the lookout for additional content as we continue to ramp up for 2021 and, you know, find new ways to engage with you guys. And, uh, this has always been a pleasure. Uh, how you guys feel? Pretty good. I'm uh, about to go back inside my house right here. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure it goes without saying we appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, we thank you guys for all the support that you guys give us. Um, we kind of just look forward to this year. Movies aren't slowing down, meaning we're not going to slow down either. So it's going to be a good 2021. There it is. Yep. Skywalker Mike, save me some mac and cheese, bro. No, there's not. <sighs> All right. Peace. I'm going. I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Peace. Uh...